Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, December 15th, 2023. Of course, I am Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing at AOEA Jr. Tim, I really enjoy Game of the Year season. Yeah. IGN just crowned their Game of the Year. The Legend, Legend of Zelda, Zelda Tears, Tears of the of Kingdom. Kingdom. And I'm very happy about it. Congratulations, Zelda. Yeah. After, got something. <laughs> after not the best run at the Game Awards for yeah. awards, even though they won some things, right? Like, yeah. Or they won one thing, I think. Um, That's one game where I'm like, I, I get it, right? Baldur's Gate 3 is fucking baller. Alan Wake 2 is the hit with the critics, right? And like, Legend of Zelda got his flowers for a while. And so Tears of the Kingdom, I think, is kind of getting that, you know, overlooked in the way that... To the extent that a Zelda game can get Hold overlooked. On. Like, are we really going to say overlooked in the sense that it's not just so weeping awards? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, I mean, yes, though. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it is just wild. And we've, we've said this multiple times. I'm sure we'll say it many more uh, in the coming weeks. But it's crazy to think that back in in May when uh, Zelda came out, mm -hmm. that there was a chance that it would. Yeah, be. We, were, now, we were talking about, oh, man, maybe we should do a different kind of game of the year where we're talking about what's well, the second best game of the year. Yeah. After, like, that's how good Zelda was when it came out. And then this year just ended up being incredible with Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 coming and through. I, it not only is it an incredible year, but like you look across the the you know the the, the big awards out there because like there's everyone gives awards, everyone has their own opinions and stuff. But mm -hmm. you look at the game awards, you look at IGN, you look at Gamespot, like the some of the the bigger outlets out there. Like right now out the gate, we got Baldur's Gate at uh, Game, game awards. awards, we got Zelda at IGN. Did Game Gamespot hasn't officially put theirs out, right? Like they're just they have. I think they did. Well, what, what is it? Baldur's Gate Three. There it is. Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate Three. But then so. Giant Bomb also put theirs out. Yeah, Giant, uh, Bomb. Giant Bomb. Yeah, did that. You were there. Bless. I was there. Yeah, but I for whatever reason I was like, oh, it wasn't recorded live, so mo nobody knows. It was streamed. It was in front. Of, it was was it streamed? I watched it. I watched yeah. you do Feudy live. Oh, sick. Yeah. I've had such conflicting reports on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, they went down for a little bit, but then the they got. The oh, back up. maybe yeah. that's what. Because I had a friend that was like, yeah, I looked it up. You weren't there. I was like, oh, I thought it was streamed. I was lied by lucy james um but no yeah like they gave theirs to tears of the kingdom yeah and so right now we're two two <laughs> two two baby i love that i mean i think that that's cool i, I imagine what do the golden joysticks give it to that's a good question yeah i'm looking it up i'm, yeah. I, I'm actually enjoying this because it's like i i am surprised that out of the four outlets we named so far none of them gave a talent week too i mean that's just how hard this is like we're dealing with so so many top choices here so uh, and yeah, we have our game of the year coming. Uh, we will not be doing ours until the second week of January. So everybody get excited about that. We're going to do our traditional get everyone together here, blow it out, do it mm. big. A lot of fun video assets. Barrett and Andy of them have been working real hard. It's We're already working on shit. It's going to be awesome. It's looking good. It's looking uh, sexy. Andy cool. is in his creative bag right now. And I was in my, my creative bag earlier this week. Ooh. Yeah, they're I in their duffies. Uh, Golden Joysticks, the ultimate game of the year. Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3. 
Three two. Three two. Three two. Score. Well, this is kind of funny games daily, where each and every weekday we get together to talk about all the video game news that you need to know. You can watch live on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can watch later on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. But if watching isn't your thing, you can listen on your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kind of Funny Games daily, and we'll be right there for you. Uh, today's stories, pretty big ones. Oh, huge. The Last of Us multiplayer has been canceled. There's some PS5 Pro claims and a whole bunch more. We'll I, I, get wanna, to that. I, I want to shout out somebody in chat mentioned Time Magazine gave their game of the year to Alan Wake 2. Wow. Yeah. Which wow. I didn't know Time Magazine had a game of the year. Well, they got it like that. They're out They're here. They're like, oh, person of the year isn't enough. We're going to go for games too. Good for y'all. Yeah. Good for y'all. Um, remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in game purchases like Rocket League or Fortnite, uh, which I'm going to make, I think, my first purchase ever in Fortnite later today. Really? I need Leonardo. Now that I got this Fortnite festival stuff that I'm addicted to, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I need to be, you know, looking good. So Leonardo did it for you, but not Eminem. Yeah. I've said (laughs) this before to you, Blast. There's nothing I'm less interested in than playing as music to be murdered by era Eminem. But no, they have, they have, um, what's his name? Rap Man or whatever his name, Rap Boy. Okay. The Robin, his Robin persona. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I mean, and they have Slim Shady too. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's something about it that like, mm. I, I mean, the music in the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm hyped on that. Yeah. Playing as Eminem, <laughs> I'm just not interested. I'm, I'm so, I'm so. Give a, me Dua Lipa. Listen, I'm, I mean, you make points there. Yeah, actually you're spitting facts. Let me play a Sabrina Carpenter. God damn it. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm basic though, because like I was playing a Fortnite festival, right? And my character, who was, I was, I was playing in Fortnite festival as Invincible. And then, like, mid-session, I was like, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to go back. I'm changing myself to Eminem for Fortnite Festival, <laughs> which is, like, the most basic bitch thing to do. How are y'all liking Fortnite Festival? I, I, I played it on stream for the first time the other day while Mike was playing it. And, like, I don't... The controller is weird. I never played, like, Guitar Hero, like, uh, DS or anything. Mm. So, like, you never playing played it Rock without a guitar is fucking weird to me. So how y'all dig it? I like it, actually. Yeah. I, I Like, I think the placement of the buttons... It's interesting, but I don't it, love the left and right. It for works for my brain, though. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I can't think of a different button placement Mike, that would work. Mike was doing, uh, he he uh, mapped it to like Souls controls, where it's all on the triggers. Well, that so really, for me. that's that is what the default should be. Like the yeah. default controls in Festival are absolutely insane, buck wild. I can't believe that they did that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the there's the second like option B, which is the shoulder buttons, which is more like how the old school harmonics games used to play. Still not perfect in my mind, but like I'm loving this game. Like I, yeah. I can't the the plastic instruments that they're teasing. PDP, the third party company, yesterday was talking about. I'm like, let's go. We are so back. Bless. I, I yeah. think festival's gonna shape out. Like this is very much like the beta version of it. That's the thing is, I feel like it needs to grow. Like yeah. right now, as it currently is, I'm, I'm having fun with it, but I I like I'm not all the way in yet. I think it needs to like expand out its library. I know they're doing the thing where they're changing songs week to week. And like, I, for me, it's like most of the songs are missed. Some of the, like a few of the songs, I'm like, okay, I like these, but then they're gone. Um, and so like, there's that, yeah, like the lack of instrument, instruments makes it a bit tough, right? Like I'm playing on my controller and that can only be so fun. And then there's something about the presentation to it that I wish had a bit more flair and a bit more like hype to it. It'll it get feels there. kind of basic. I, I, I think that the, the notes all being the exact same color, I think yeah. adds to that. And uh, when you go into overdrive mode or whatever the hell they call it, um it's very it's like just, they just change it like, to oh like, it's just a little orange it's yeah. like i want shit fucking loud you know what i, I mean? agree with and that i also think a big thing is the experience uh uh when you when you mess up the song doesn't just like change and there's not like that yeah. stuff so it kind of just feels like no matter what you do the song's just playing 
So it doesn't feel like I'm making the music as much as it just feels like I'm hitting buttons to the rhythm. I will say, because yeah. the uh, instrument that I, I, I was doing when Mike had me play was uh, uh, singing. And when you do mess up, like, you don't hear them really sing anymore. So I do wonder if, like, there's just, like, some weird mixing where they're trying to ma- have that come across with, like, a d- guitar, but it's, like, hard. Cause yeah. You don't still, hear it as it, much. It drops, it drops the sound out, mm-hmm. but it, it's, to me, it, it doesn't It's not aggressive right. There needs yeah. to be more of, like, a, a Feedback. thing in your fit. Yeah, because yeah. Guitar Hero, when you mess up a note, it really, you really know you mess up a note, right? It is, like, the annoying, like, yeah, like, the creaks you hear. Whereas, yeah, this game, I think it, what, it like just drops out the sound for a little bit. Yeah, which just is cool, that but... track. But, like, whatever. I, I think these are all things that are going to get ironed out over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be part of the show, though, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in. If we get something wrong during the show, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, and we'll correct it as uh, we, we go. Little housekeeping for you. A new PS I Love You XOXO is up right now, and it's our impressions of God of War Ragnarok's new Valhalla mode. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube or podcast services. Uh, I'm excited to dive into this. I still haven't booted oh, it up, so. Yeah, I think you're going to... You liked Hades, right? Loved Hades. Yeah, I think you're going to have a really good time with this mode. Loved Hades, love God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. You combine those things, I'm pretty stoked, man. Very fascinating discussion on this episode because it started off as just impressions of Valhalla and turned into a deeper discussion about Valhalla versus uh, like God of War Ragnarok Valhalla versus Last of Us's No Return mode because of course me and Greg got to preview that over at um, PlayStation and very fascinating perspectives that like I like if you told me a week ago where me and Greg would land on these conversations I would have been like no way oh <laughs> yeah like both me and Greg I think at least for me in my mind I landed on a side where I'm like usually I wouldn't land on that side between both these games right and then Greg landed on the side where I was like I wouldn't have expected you to take that side. Huh. Yeah. And so I think it's a very fascinating listen. Very good discussion. I think we both kind of grapple, um, dove deep into the two ways in which these games approach their different like roguelike modes and why they're different and how they're different, and how they're hitting differently for both of us. And so definitely a recommended episode of PS Love. Very cool. Definitely check that out. Uh, and then on the other side of things, we did our final love, sex, and stuff of the year yesterday. Uh, Barbara Dunkelman from, I, or from IGN, from Rooster Teeth, uh, joined me and Nick uh, with Mike kind of uh, helping wrangle all the people for the, the call-in shows. Uh, and we had, we had best friends out there actually call in, and we helped give advice. What was really cool about this episode, which was the fourth one we've done this year, uh, we got a lot of repeat callers from earlier in the year. And so we got mm. updates on their stories. Oh, I love that. And it was it was it was pretty pretty damn cool. That threesome from a couple months ago, it ended up going down and it was successful. Whoa. So go check out Love Sex and Stuff, everybody. Uh thank you to our Patreon producers, Jackson Hampton and Delaney Twining. We appreciate you also very, very much. Uh today we're brought to you by Z Real Expo sorry. X-Real, Z-Biotics, and BetterHelp. Uh, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Naughty Dog cancels The Last of Us multiplayer game. This comes from George Yang at IGN. Naughty Dog has stopped development on The Last of Us Online, its troubled attempt to create an online version of the popular franchise. Quote, we realize many of you have been anticipating news around the project that we've been calling Last of Us Online. There's no easy way to say this. We've made the incredibly difficult decision to stop development on that game. The studio knew that fans of The Last of Us Faction's multiplayer community would be upset with the news and wanted to provide some context as to why it chose to stop development. Quote, the multiplayer team has been in pre-production with this game since we were working on Last of Us 2, crafting an experience we felt was unique and had tremendous potential. 
As the multiplayer team iterated on their concept for The Last of Us Online during this time, the vision crystallized. The gameplay got more refined and satisfying, and we were enthusiastic about the direction in which we were headed. In ramping up full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. To release and support The Last of Us Online, we'd have to put all of our studio resources behind supporting post-launch content for years to come, severely impacting development on future single-player games. So we had two paths in front of us, become a solely live service game studio or continue to focus on single-player narrative games that have, defined, that have defined Naughty Dog's heritage. Naughty Dog then went on to confirm that it has more than one ambitious brand new single-player game that it's working on. However, the studio didn't reveal what they are at the moment. Bless. Where do you yeah. want to start? I don't know. There's so many places we yeah. can jump into, right? We can talk about Sony's uh, online games of service journey and how they made that commitment, right? We're, we're increasing the budget for these kind of games. This is where we want to double down. We want to see way more of these games, right? And like, we can talk about how that's going for them right now because it seems like, so far, not the best, right? Like, I think having Last of Us, Last of Us be what I would argue is the biggest, if not probably the biggest outing so far that we've at least had announced for them, right? Like, I'll look toward, I'll look toward Last of Us. I'll look toward what Bungie's doing, right? Of course, with ongoing Destiny, but then even Marathon coming up too, right? I'll, I'll look as, at those as like, the big ones that we've had announced so far that I'd say people are most excited about having this one be a, a situation of, Hey, this isn't working out for us. We don't want to uh, dedicate the amount of resources it would take for us to do this. I think that makes sense. I think that's a like valiant reason for why you wouldn't want to go after this, right? Hey, yeah. Keep your identity as Naughty Dog. Keep your identity as this single player studio that makes these prestige titles that people love, right? People love the last of us one. People love uh, the uncharted series. People love last of us part two for the most part. Um, you know, like, that's what you're known for. Keep making those. On the other hand, I get sad and upset about it as somebody who really enjoyed and really, really loved the Last of Us Factions multiplayer mode in Last of Us 1 back in 2013 and in the years beyond, right? Because I kept, I kept playing that game for years after uh, it was out. Um, when they first announced that they were working on this multiplayer thing, like, I remember it because it was right after a preview. I think it was in 2019 because I was here for, oh, well, not here, here, but... I was at kind of funny for kind of funny up and comers and Greg had gone to preview last of this part two and he came back and we were talking about it and they, um, the headline of, Oh, this game isn't going to have multiplayer came out out of that. And Naughty Dog responded saying, yeah, like last of this part two isn't gonna have multiplayer, but we're working on something, um, that factions fans are going to enjoy. Right. And then you had to be a year and a half ago where Neil Druckmann went to the uh, summer game fest to talk about, what this factions mode is and it seemed big it seemed ambitious right you had the concept art and it's like oh they're really mm. doing it big my i think the thing the, the the place where i get bummed out about it is was anybody really asking for that big gigantic multiplayer mode and i think that is the most important part to break down here because yeah. obviously this is very unfortunate news for the millions of fans out there that are excited about this game the sancho west of the world yeah, that yeah, like yeah. have been literally like counting down the days until they hear more news about this and it being the last of us online we know sony's having their strategy with the the games of service live service multiplayer whatever you want to call it um but this one's the big one this is the uh avengers of their projects where yeah. it's like you know people might pop in for the thor movies or the this movies or that movies but everyone shows up for avengers everyone would show up for this and the expectations are so much higher the resources would be i imagine so much higher like mm -hmm. this would be sony's biggest thing we've talked about this before of like they can't mess this one up like this would have to come out and just prove the um process for how sony's games are going to work and like make a blueprint that we can kind of understand and believe in then you apply that to the other games going forward 
Um, and I feel like you maybe have some test beds to get there, but the last of us is the big one. And we all yeah. understand that. So in a lot of ways, I see this as them kind of being like, Hey, we can't live up to that pressure. And there's an understanding that if we don't hit that, we failed. Yeah. And that is, it's I, not just a failure for one game. It's a potential failure for that has ramifications it, yeah. across Naughty Dog as a studio, PlayStation as a publisher, and then so forth, so forth of all those other teams working on these other games. Yeah, because like, like talking about it, right? Like you have Last of Us being, we imagine is the premier version of it. Cool. This is going to be all the resources we have. We're putting in the budget. We're making this thing wor uh, uh, work. If that doesn't work, right? I think the audience then turns their heads to, all right, but then what about the Horizon multiplayer yep. things? What about Concord? What about Marathon? What about Fair Games? What about, and the list goes on of like, you know, we know other studios are working on multiplayer things as well. Is it going to be that Last of Us comes out and it fails because it didn't have the, it's a Halo Infinite situation it's, where it dude, doesn't have the post-slotch content for uh -huh. a year. Bad taste in people's mouths and then that just continues down and then the word of mouth uh, becomes negative. And I mm. feel like we've seen that happen uh, in a bunch of different examples, but you look back to uh, Battlefield, Front. yes uh with uh for star wars at ea mm -hmm. and the microtransactions yeah where it's like that soured conversations for so long around a bunch of ea games and just like games in general and it scared like a lot of people in the right ways but i feel like this is a situation where if if naughty dog put out last of us online and it wasn't the best thing ever i think it would have had yeah very dire uh ramifications across the board and, and that kind of goes back to my question of like who's asking for this right because like when they when they announced it i was somebody like Oh, snap. All right. Like, this is more than I expected, but I'm down for it. I'm excited for it because, again, I love Last of Us. I love the Last of Us multiplayer. I would have been down for a mode. And I would have been down for something that was smaller scale, you know, put it out with the Last of Us Part 2 remaster, like a no return type situation where it is, hey, like, here's what Factions was on the PS3, but we're making it with the Last of Us Part 2 graphics, right? Even if you put out the Last of Us Part 1 remaster that they put out mm -hmm. last year, oh, here's this. But it's with the remastered factions mode as well, right? Like I would have taken that and been happy. And so I didn't need it to be this big like games of service push that like they're that they were presenting it as. And that I think is the the crossroads that we're at here, where those modes aren't tenable anymore because multiplayer games have changed since 2009. Whenever uh, we're getting like there was yeah. an era of like fuck it, Metal Gear Solid Four has an online mode, and like I, I know three did as well, but four was like more robust, and it's kind of like. Why? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it was five, fun. Five it was, did, it, it, and it's and like I'm these like, cool. fives online. Yeah, I'm sure like, some people did, but and they they have these like dedicated fan bases, but like they're clearly not as big as the fan bases of the single player versions of the games. Sure. But as that's kind of went on, multiplayer games have blown the fuck up. Like you look at obviously the Call of Duties, but even beyond that, like we're in a world now with the Fortnite's Destiny, Call of Duty, like so many other examples of, of successful multiplayer games, and they are all based on making money and revenue streams. Yeah. And I just don't think you could put a factions out that is like the old mode that is anything more than just a small, small, small mode, small project, which I know yeah. would make some would make people happy. But at that point, it's like the resources that go into games are higher than ever. And you look at the fidelity and you look at like the, what the animations and stuff that go into just Last of Us Part 2, right? Compared to Last of Us Part 1 or Uncharted 1, like mm -hmm. to be even more dramatic with this, like, there's just a lot more effort. So even just, oh, just just do a mode like you did before. That's like saying, hey, why doesn't Rockstar put out GTA every year like they did on the PS2? See, I, I mean, I agree and I disagree, right? And I agree, I agree in the sense that every project is different, right? Like every, like the amount of resources that you have to put towards certain things or especially something like that involves online. I understand online is a big step and a big thing that not only do you put in, but you also have to maintain. Because like the references, the like, thing that I would reference would be something like No Return or something like God of War Valhalla or something like, you know, like we see 
extra modes put in. This is a conversation we had yesterday, actually. We see these extra modes put into games that are, hey, here's a different way to play that's, you know, it doesn't have to be a long, ongoing thing. It's just an additional way to play that is going to extend your playtime with this thing. And, like, it is us experimenting with what the gameplay can be and, like, you know, giving you this extra thing to add value to it. And I think we've seen that really in a really cool way with these roguelite modes. I would look at a multiplayer thing as, hey, you don't have to make it. And, like, it doesn't have to be a 10-year plan. It doesn't have to be a five-year plan, right? Like, I look at... Ghost of Tsushima Legends as a prime example because that you know we talked about how they're um, these multiplayer modes are of a bygone era and all that stuff and I know Ghost of Tsushima Legends is kind of a unicorn but I'd like to look at that unicorn and go how do we replicate this because that came out what three years ago it came out in 2020 and it came out a couple of months after the, the base Ghost of Tsushima game came out and Legends was straight up like hey here's a bunch of missions here's a bunch like a, a horde modes uh they eventually added a pvp mode when they brought out the, the the director's cut here's a straight up raid that we have in this thing and that doubled my the amount of time that i put into ghost of tsushima and it made me fall in love with that game in a different way than i did even just playing the single player i get for that game right that most people who played ghost of tsushima i imagine probably didn't touch legends and that's probably the conversation that a studio like naughty dog has when it is how do we make a multiplayer mode that lives up to factions that also like is worthwhile to make and i would have i i honestly would have preferred the answer of hey we're not doing it and also we're not going to make a like last is online multiplayer isn't, isn't happening i would have preferred that than to be strong like and i don't want to say strung along as if they did this on purpose obviously like they wanted this to happen people worked very hard on it and it just didn't pan out but like i would have preferred them not to start it yeah you know? i mean well <laughs> look i i'm with you there too but i do think like here, there's just information we don't have. And I feel For like sure. at some point, I do think that some of this is going to come to light. But is there a mandate from Sony to make these games? Or do these teams actually want to make these games? That's mm. what I want to know. And I don't have anything concrete. And I, I just don't know. For sure. But it's like, there's so, some of these stories, I find it hard to believe that based on the legacy and lineage of certain teams, that these are the games that they want to make. Then there's examples like Bungie with Marathon. I do imagine that's what they probably want yeah. to be working like on. Like that's like, what that studio's built for, right? Yeah. That studio's built to make multiplayer. Marathon is a thing that harkens from the past, even though new Marathon seems really different from old Marathon. But that seems like that what that is what Bungie is, right? They are first-person shooters. They are multiplayer. And to your point, yeah, like it. I, I, on one hand, I could see people at Naughty Dog being like, "Hey, factions was so fun. Let's make a Last of Us online thing." I think that makes complete sense. To then go, "Hey, factions was so fun." Let's make a thing that's going to take up all of our resources and all of our and like but it's Last of Us and yeah. So that I think that's where this problem like lies is that Last of Us is more important than some of the other things. Yeah. And I feel like you can't just do it. You need to do it right. And doing it right in 2024, five, whenever this would have been, means something very different than just putting out a factions mode. If they're just going to put out a factions mode, which at this point I don't think that they will. But if they were to, you give that to a different team and you just like. Let them put it out. Don't yeah. have Naughty Dog do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Set the expectations. But they don't want to do that because they don't want to lessen the brand of Last of Us because of the power that it has, which is absolutely monstrous. I think that the the important thing here is like, you know, it, obviously it's an unfortunate that so many people worked for years on the, a thing that's not going to come out. Yeah. Like there's so many negative ways to look at this. But I do think that I find a lot of value here in the transparency and willingness to cut the losses and to come out here and say, hey, this isn't working and mm -hmm. we need to stop. And there is the silver lining of they're working on two single player games and we yeah. know what to expect from that. And like to me, that sounds like getting back on track to what the expectations are from an audience for the, the, the games. And I don't know this, but I'd be willing to bet 
it's what the people in that studio want to work on more than for sure majority of the people really really least. quick uh, there bless you sent an image to the kfgd slack do we want to show this at all yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't include it in the rope report just because it's like it's one of those things where it's from an account where I'm like, can I trust this or not? But then also, yeah. it's a leaked image that I'm afraid maybe could get us um, like taken down because it's basically somebody seemingly leaked an image of what the menu looked like for uh, Last of Us, the online mode, and like it has like the different tabs that are like, all right, here's the, the bunker tab, and here's like the, the uh, study or whatever, which are I assume different things places you're going to do different things and then they have like a tab that is here's the battle pass and stuff like that um and as, uh, that one's very interesting that one's very fascinating uh, bear was there like a specific thing you wanted to bring up with that well, one just talking about <clears throat> tim uh you wondering like was this a naughty dog thing was this a playstation mandated thing i i imagine it could have been a little bit of both i imagine that there are people on the from the team from the original game who were like, totally. yo, we made something special with factions. Let's do a follow-up to that, make it a little bit more ambitious and like really put a lot of love into it. And then when they come to Sony about that, Sony probably around that time is already kind of uh, thinking about like, well, we need to make uh, as much money on all of our single player games as much as possible. Let's get yeah, all yeah. of these games as a service going. And I could see it there being like uh, where they're meeting at the halfway point of like, all right, you want to do this thing, but let's maybe make it a little bit bigger and turn it into to a games as a service as we see in this possibly alleged uh, uh, leaked uh, menu like there was a battle pass and stuff like that so like I don't know if that was what the devs who were originally working on this might have wanted you know yeah. um, so I think that's interesting I do also hope that this does not uh, kind of uh, end up in, in layoffs because uh, I can only imagine of like if they were about to ramp up on making this a big project for the entire studio, I do wonder of like how many people were hired specifically for this um, to come in and work on a multiplayer thing for The Last of Us. I hope that those the the people who have been brought in can be utilized in other projects because yeah. that would suck. For sure. And like, I remember exactly. the, the Jason Schreier um, report from like half a year ago or so where he talked about how like Bungie had done the review and like the last was like they had pared down to a very small team like it seems like at this moment there are already like a, a very small team of people working on it but regardless I yeah. should correct myself people mm -hmm. have already been laid off uh yeah like the QA uh people so I I hope it doesn't lead to more layoffs yeah and so like I think some of the damage has already been done but then also like yeah we'll see what more damage is done by it but I think all in all, I know I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming at this from a, an angle of being salty about it. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think this is a better. This is not the worst scenario. I mean, the, you know, worst the worst scenario, scenario is, would be this comes out and it's fucking bad. It, it comes out, it's bad, <laughs> and then hundreds, if not thousands, of people are laid off. Yeah, and on top of that, we, like there's no single player Naughty Dog game either because yeah. of just how like chaos uh, happens. But real quick, I just want to say like the transparency of this of what I appreciate is you look at PlayStation Studios, you look at Marvel Studios, both of them have like really done like unprecedented things in terms of finding critical success, finding mainstream success and just kind of winning, 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 winning. Then you see what happens in the post endgame era of how people have turned on Marvel for this reason, that reason, whatever. Mm -hmm. And where Marvel's at right now, pumping the brakes and at least a little bit trying to re-coordinate what the plan is going forward, only having Deadpool next year as a movie, like pushing the rest out and like having that one tentpole moment to hopefully kind of reset things. Like it takes, I think a, a, a lot to be like, Hey, what we're doing is not working. Let's stop and figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that naughty dog of all PlayStation studios teams 
is willing to do this and yeah. just be like, hey, this isn't working. Let's stop trying to force it. Like, we need to maintain what is working and what we know people are actually going to want. And they're working on two projects. That's exciting news here. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the last bit here is like uh, that they, they're focused on single player narrative games that define Naughty Dog's heritage. Awesome. Cool. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Let's get to that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, in like the same vein of the like, what the worst timelines look like. You know, I put up a tweet that was me joking about like, you know, me walking into Bungie, right? With like my, 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 my palms up. Uh, and like, honestly, this what I, for me, this is the system working, right? As they intended in terms of PlayStation acquiring Bungie going, hey, like you're gonna, you're gonna help us figure out what this multiplayer live service uh, rollout looks like across these games. We're gonna have you do checks on other studios, right? And like, again, from the Jason Schreier report, Bungie checked in with, with Naughty Dog, had an, um, like they analyzed what um, was going on with Last of Us, the online game, and they went, ooh, okay, this isn't this isn't going the way it should be, right? This has certain problems. This it seems like maybe the live service aspect of the live service game isn't shaping up the way it should. And then going, hey, let's figure this out, right? And like them having that check, and then yeah, like what half a year later, now it being a hey, we're not working on this anymore. It's canceled. This this is a way again way better scenario than than if Bungie wasn't doing that right, and then Naughty Dog puts out Last of Us Online again. It's a Halo Infinite situation, and we're just sitting with a Last of Us game that we're like, oh man, I was so excited for this for six years, and now I'm playing it, and now I'm bummed out because like they've not updated it in six months, right? Like I don't want I, that situation is a way worse scenario than us going, damn. All right, they're not putting it out. Let's be excited for the next Naughty Dog thing, and so. All in all, like, I think the framing here of, hey, we didn't want to put all of our resources into this thing. It's very good framing. And, like, I believe that. And I think there's, su like, there's such truth in that. I do think there's a cer there's certain angling of it where I'm like, ah, oh, but it didn't, have you, you didn't, it didn't have to be this big. But that's an entirely different point that I'm making there. Um, I think this is good news for that, though. I think this is good news for the fact that, cool, it's out of the way. We don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't have to speculate about it anymore. The, um, the small percentage of naughty dog fans that were looking forward to this thing don't have me and sancho west can rest you know yeah. we can retire on our farms and you know with our infinity gauntlets and just like rest you know what i mean yeah the infinity game i'm sorry, infinity I'm, War I'm sorry for you man i'm so yeah. sorry for you. hey it's okay here. we'll live uh you know what we'll get to story number two a little speculation right after Ooh. a word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Xreal. Turn any game you're playing from any console, PC, or handheld into a 130-inch virtual big screen with Xreal AR glasses. Available now at xreal.com and Amazon. Xreal AR glasses usher in the era of wearable displays and are perfect for gaming, watching movies and TV, working at a desk, or checking out augmented reality apps. Xreal AR glasses connect to Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, plug directly into your Steam Deck, ROG Ally, PCs, Macs, iPhone, Android. Do you see where I'm going with this? Kevin Coelho has been playing with the new Xreal Air 2 Pro glasses and unsurprisingly is absolutely obsessed with them. It's awesome. It's the big screen experience experience perfect for using on the go or at home for playing games anywhere on the biggest screen possible. The picture you see is crisp. The built-in speakers give you rich audio. The glasses are lightweight, only two and a half ounces. And because you control where the virtual screen appears, you can rest your head, neck, and shoulders comfortably without getting any of that tech neck you get when you're staring down at 
screen. You can get your Xreal AR glasses now at xreal.com or Amazon. This episode is brought to you by Zbiotics. We all have busy lives these days and we can't afford to waste a day stuck on the couch because a few drinks the night before. Zbiotics pre-alcohol is the answer we've all been waiting for. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics pre-alcohol your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Every time I have a Zbiotics pre-alcohol before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. This holiday season, give your family a gift they'll actually want and use with Zbiotics. Go to zbiotics.com slash kind of funny to get 15% off your first order when you use kind of funny at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash kind of funny and use the code kind of funny at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot. Having to figure out, am I getting a gift for this person? Am I not? Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do just that with therapy. You can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. So you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kind of funny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kind of funny. Betterhelp.com slash kind of funny. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We're back. Speculation station for you. Story number two, PS5 Pro could launch in 2024 with Sony's own DLSS solution, it's claimed. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Sony could be planning to launch a PS5 Pro console in late 2024, it's been claimed. Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb said he'd been able to corroborate claims that Sony's working on a mid-gen PS5 upgrade. Quote, that PS5 Pro leak is almost certainly real based on what I've heard now. And obviously, I'm not the only one out there saying that, but I can throw my confirm, confirm, confirm into the ring for everybody, he said. The system probably is coming out in September 2024. The current specs are based on a range of possibilities because they have not actually fully dialed that in. The big thing here, like the big feature that this system will support, is Sony's own proprietary DLSS-like solution, where they use their own machine learning to improve images so they can run things at a really high resolution and really high frame rate. And they would include their own hardware in the PS5 Pro to do this. That's where like the 2X hardware ray tracing acceleration comes into place, but they would be able to do even more than just better hardware ray tracing. So yeah, this thing's probably happening. I... I appreciate uh, w- before when we talked about like 
okay, what are these pro consoles going to have that they put on the box? Like, I remember having this conversation maybe like a year and a half ago. And I appreciate that now we have the answer, right? It seems like everybody everybody is doing the DLSS like thing. The super sampling, I always mm -hmm. forget like the actual yeah. term, but the, the super sampling stuff, which is cool, right? I think that's exciting. Like, it's a way to get even better looking games on these consoles somehow. Uh, so I think that's awesome. My question for you, Tim, as the Nintendo guy, mm -hmm. right? Like, Nintendo, obviously, people look at the Switch right now, and they're like, oh, man, this feels kind of archaic in terms of the visuals. This feels like it's caught back in time. Like, it has PS3 looking, at, looking graphics and all that stuff. When the Switch 2 comes out, which seemingly, according to reports, has its own DLSS-like solution, if the Switch comes out, let's say fall 2024, and the PS5 Pro and Xbox, let's say Series X Pro, mm -hmm. come out, and they also have DLSS solutions, Will the Switch still feel like it's archaic? Like, yeah. are we still going to be in a place where it's like, ah, yeah. damn it. You know oh, what I mean? 100%. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. now I look at the, X, the PS5 Pro, and this looks like I'm playing a game in real life. And I look at my Switch, and now it looks like a like a barely a PS4 thing. You know what I mean? I, I would be, I think it'll be better than that. But uh -huh. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, comparable at all. But I think that that's Nintendo's MO. And I don't of think course. that they're going to change that. Um, and I also think that when we're talking about the tech that exists right now in the Xbox series and PlayStation 5, and how uh, developers have been making games for it. Like we're already seeing a struggle where uh, what's on the box, what's promised is not really being hit. And this this is always true. You look back to last generation, I remember uh, when Xbox One came out and it was like Titanfall was like the first big like next gen game uh, for yeah. that generation, Titanfall One. And then it came out and it was running at like, I forget, 900p or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, like that, you look at that and you're like, well, what's so next gen about it? We're just at this point with the the tech evolution has gotten so crazy and so high that like it just requires so many high quality components to be able to even play something in proper 4k 60 at this point vrr even higher than 60 right yeah like you can't you need hdmi 2.1 to have hdmi 2.1 you need a specific cable you need a specific tv you need a console that can run that and like also a fucking hope and a prayer that it all just connects and works. Yeah. The more things you add, the more money, the more all of that, it's like, it's going to cause problems. And I think that that's where this kind of comes into play to just assist that. And maybe we'll finally get what we were essentially promised before mm -hmm. uh, with the, the original launches. And um, on the Switch side of things, like I just feel like it's going to be very similar to the last run of Switch where it came out and it's way more impressive than it should be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like when we, especially it was a different era, but it was unbelievable when we first heard about the Switch, where it's like, it's a console that's portable. Like, we'll see, really, though? Yeah, we'll see about we'll that. We'll see. And here we are, yeah. you know, almost a decade removed. And it's like, they did it. And now, almost a decade removed, you're really starting to see uh, the wear and tear of that. Uh, but I imagine that the Switch 2, with the this tech, Nintendo uses tech in, in, in very smart ways. Yeah. So I think that it, it will serve its games very well. I do not think that the Switch is going to be powerful enough to be getting day and date third party titles to like make Look the, the, same, the Switch like yeah. a competitor to the PS5 or yeah. In terms of power and fidelity. Yeah. And and I'm saying even PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Yeah. Bringing in these pro situations like no. But mm -hmm. I also think that these pro situations are going to be for very specific people similar to the PS4 Pro when it came out. The big thing that was uh, pushing was some games get better 4k yeah, support 4K HDR. and hdr was the big thing yeah. right and hdr eventually kind of just becomes standard in the same way that i imagine the lss and super sampling and all these different uh, ai tech is going to just become more standardized as time goes on mm -hmm. um i'm really excited for this but that's because i feel like i'm not getting everything out of the ps5 
Uh, but I'm a tech head, so I care yeah. more about that stuff. Where like, I, damn, you don't feel like you're getting everything out of the PS5. I'm like, I'm basic, right? So like, I'm playing the PS5, and I'm like, I don't know how you make it look better than this. <laughs> well, my, my my one answer is, and this is like, I, might not be a popular opinion, but I stand by it. Yeah. Don't give me the fucking option of having a performance mode and a fidelity mode. Okay. Give me the way to play the game. Like yeah. having that option, having to make concessions, I don't fucking like that. If I liked that, I'd play PC. That mm. that is what PC does and is for. P like. I feel like the console makers are like they're complicating things with that and then it creates these weird ass situations where i don't know what experience i prefer and then i'm like well cool i prefer performance because i want the frames and i start playing it and i'm like well it was real pretty with the resolution mode you mm -hmm. know yeah i don't like that i shouldn't have to make concessions with something that's this expensive for games that are designed for this platform okay i i can i can vibe with that yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i'm somebody who I, I think once we get, to, it's a tough thing where I feel like everything's kind of like an arms race in that way where I would love the feature where it is, hey, performance mode, fidelity mode, you're just getting both. And I know like technically what well, you can do for ray tracing, 60 FPS in some games like Spider-Man and stuff. But I want like, hey, yeah, don't give me the choice. Give me the best of both worlds. And I would love for a console to build to that. But I feel like by the time we get the next the next thing, right, like we're only going to push that further and only new choices are going to arrive of like, okay, cool. Now it's 120 FPS or 8k. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm never going to have a, have like my ideal uh, version of this. I'm also at the place where I'm like, I also don't care anymore. Right. Like I, I, I play everything in performance mode. I enjoy, I, I really enjoy how everything looks right. Like I, 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 I I'm going to have to see the trailers, like the trailer, whatever the presentation or the Mark Cerny sitting me down and going, this is why you as the average gamer who might be like has the average amount of interest in fidelity right this is why you should care about dlss like until i get that i'm like i'm kind of like okay cool like i'm sure it's gonna look better i'm gonna be one of the lucky people that i'm, I'm sure might get one sent to uh be a kind of funny right like i if that wasn't the case i might just stick with my base ps5 right like i'm in that uh in that scenario as we get further into it i want to know what are the things that you're putting on the box that are going to appeal to me Right, like, what are the things that are going to excite me? I feel like we're at, that's the, we're going to hit the point where we're just making up new buzz yeah, terms. I mean, I, I like think the dual sense is kind of that, right? Of like haptic feedback, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then I get it, I'm like, all right, cool, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're so well past that point where I don't think there's going to be anything about a PS5 Pro that sells you in the same way the PS5 4 Pro, like mm. it added HDR and stuff. You're like, all right, cool. You're just adding new terms. Like that doesn't yeah. actually mean anything until you see it in action. But again. Seeing some of this tech in action requires so much more than just the thing. You need a TV that can support it. You need a TV that can support it well. And especially now with the advancements of so much of what we're talking about here is going to require HDMI 2.1, which isn't a problem for a lot of people's setups. It's a problem for many people's setups out there. So yeah. you're just, there's a law of diminishing returns in even the amount of people that the things on the box are even going to affect. That's not going to change the fact that there's a lot of people that aren't going to understand that and don't care. Mm -hmm. And they just want the, the fancy new thing, you know? Um, but yeah, it's... I think that we're, we're going to very soon get to a point with the super sampling and all of that where the resolution, the actual resolution matters mm -hmm. a lot less than it has in previous years because uh, things are getting to the point that you can't really see a difference between true 4K and simulated 4K. Yeah. And once we hit that, then it's like, cool, we just need one mode that really focuses on the frames because that's gameplay with frames means so much more than just the resolution if the resolution go looks good enough. You know, That's what I'm hoping for from the PS5 Pro. Mm -hmm. Can I, can I ask you a question as Tim, both Tim Gettys, the tech guy, but then also Tim Gettys, the brand guy, right? Mm -hmm. The guy, the guy who, who can look into the marketing world and like understand what hits, what doesn't hit, right? So NVIDIA, it's uh, called DLSS. That's deep learning super sampling. And I believe that is like, that's NVIDIA specific. I'm sure they have it like trademarked or whatever. Yeah. 
what do PlayStation and Nintendo and Xbox call theirs? Because you know they're going to have some like funny-ass name for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's... PSS, PlayStation Super Sampling? Maybe. I mean, uh, everybody already has their own. Their own thing, like, um, uh, AMD has, has their own version as well. But mm. I, I just I feel like... I don't know that Nintendo's going to have stuff. a crazy name for it. I don't know that they're going to want to talk about it in that way, though. I, no. I, I think that Nintendo specifically, well, Nintendo, I think, are actually, it's with NVIDIA. But uh, the, oh, okay. the PlayStation side of things, um, I feel like they are, um, I think it's going to be less about the brand and the name of the thing. I think it's going to be more about, like, the outcome. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Like, I think it'll be more like them focusing on the four times better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, like, how much better it is as opposed to, like, here's the new thing. Yeah. You know? um but yeah whatever the hell it is like they i guess they did have the tempest audio system so maybe they will come up with some weird ass names but yeah i mean i imagine it'll, like i think you're right right that it is i think focusing on the outcome at least for the gamer is going to be more exciting than whatever buzz term they come up uh, for it and i don't think that whatever and this is me being ignorant actually of like i don't know if sony actually goes to a third party to make it well, for them or so real quick uh the yanni in the chat says uh that they use whatever the gpu they're using playstation does use amd amd is fsr so gotcha okay uh, so they FSR already have their dlss them, so, so that, that would make sense then then so uh fsr being compatible like or yeah, working so playstation with would be fsr nintendo would be um yeah DLSS, and, and, and maybe? at a certain point it's like you know it's it just it's based on the graphics cards it's based yeah. on like the tech behind it all so um yeah it's it's very very interesting i do think that getting a ps5 pro is inevitable and you know grub here seems to be heavily confirming that that's the case uh oh, man we're gonna have that before gta 6 think about that we're, we're you're gonna play gta 6 good, on a ps5 pro i hope <laughs> let's go let's go story number three embracer reportedly cut staff at 3d realms and slipgate this comes from justin carter at game developer more layoffs have allegedly occurred this week, this time at 3D Realms and Slipgate Entertainment. Both studios are subsidiaries of Embracer, which acquired them in 2021. According to 3D Realms founder Scott Miller, at least half of the combined company has seen reductions. Michael Markey, a lead composer at 3D Realms and Slipgate, corroborated Miller's claim, saying that for Christmas this year, I got laid off. <coughs> Miller added that a lot of people, including core devs, will be looking for work ASAP. This one hits me hard because I worked with the new 3DR from 2014 up until they were bought out by Embracer. The number of layoffs in, in 2023 at Embracer's hands are many and have often occurred several times in the same month. In recent weeks, it's reduced staff at Fish Labs, Cryptic Studios, and more. The fucking goddammit, Embracer. The tweet that I like that Jordan is Jordan Midler from VGC. Uh, puts out with every single one of these embracer layoff stories which is very common now right like he puts out this tweet every single time um he has a tweet that says the damage embracer group has done to people's lives and livelihoods is absolutely scandalous no one with money will face any consequences but hundreds will wonder how to pay rent cowards and i think that is such a succinct like how, like how many people have lost their jobs so far from embracer a lot like how many studios have seen mass layoffs or have been shut down because of embracer a lot and it comes down to the people at the top making fucked up decisions and those people at the top aren't going to lose money they aren't going to lose sleep they aren't going to like they're going to be fine it's the hundreds and hundreds if not maybe thousands at this point of people that i mean it's thousands across the, across the industry but at this point with embracer it must be thousands yeah and it's insane like that many people are losing out are, are losing their jobs and having, having to figure out what's the next step figure out how to pay rent figure out how to like provi provide for their family some of them right like 
it's so messed up. 3D Realms is also like such a classic developer too. Like I think that's the tough thing is that they're they've worked on many of the iconic first person shooters, right? And like we're talking about games like Wolfenstein, we're talking about games like Duke Nukem. We're talking about like that style of first person shooter 3D Realms has had a hand in and seeing an iconic developer like that, iconic developers like Volition and others that are under Embracer see the effects of Embracer having money and going, hey, let's buy up everything, and then losing money and then going, all right, cool, now let's shut down everything we just bought. So fucked up. It's I mean, so bad. This when you have the gamble based on guaranteed Saudi money and then you don't get it. Yeah. This is what happens, right? And I feel like that that's the whole thing is the, the, the business plan was shoddy. And uh the business plan was playing with a bunch of numbers on the board, but those numbers are people. And yeah. we're seeing the ramifications of that now. And I it is I can't believe it's December fifteenth. And it feels like this isn't even going to be the last story we we read this year yeah. about this. Yeah. About Embracer. Like I, I would not be surprised if we're going to get Embracer layoffs in the next week yeah. on Games Daily. Fuck that, man. Fuck that, dude. It's so unfortunate. And like this, it needs to end. And there's yeah. no end in sight. Yeah. It's yeah, it's tough. It's one of those things too where, you know, I build the I build games daily every day, right? I look at the Embracer stories and I'm like, all right, here's another one I gotta put in the thing. And I was getting to a point where I'm like, I don't even know how to handle it anymore, right? Of like, we have the same discussions about it every single, single time it happens. I, of course, want to put it in the, in the Roper Report because people should know, right? And like, it's that thing of how do we have this conversation about this thing that keeps on happening over and over again where it feels cyclical and it's making this show repetitive? And it's like, dude, like, how, are, how is it happening to this level where we have an embrace story embrace the stories that are happening over and over again to the point where now it's affecting our new show well i mean you know when you look at games daily like we've for years we've had that quote-unquote problem of there's cyclical news type things that we cover over and over and over and over whether it was the X, xbox uh, uh activision yeah. situation or you know before that there's just uh, the nfts was yeah, a big thing loot boxes there's loot boxes thing. there's always like uh, a theme it sucks ass that the theme right now is people losing their jobs and uh, yeah. studios closing. And a lot of it is tied to the acquisition of it all. Like you look at it and it's like, man, like some of these teams, it just is unfortunate how many realities are at play here because mm -hmm. so many of these teams probably wouldn't exist anyways if they weren't acquired. Like that's mm -hmm. just where the state of games are now, period. But getting acquired kind of should provide some level of security and it seems like that is co the complete opposite of what's happening because of poor decision making and big bets not paying off mm -hmm. bets that probably shouldn't have been made to begin with that's a conversation for another time but yeah man this yeah. just the fact that i remember we did predictions uh like games cast predictions i think at the top of the year maybe it was close to the end of last year i forget when and one of the things we had was like maybe one of the predictions i had was talking about like what's going to be the biggest, I don't know, I think this is one of the ones that somebody wrote in for us to answer was like, what is going to be the big controversial news story of the year that we're all going to get tired of by the end of the year? And I think my guess was NFTs. I was like, oh, one of my predictions is that NFTs are going to be like the story that we are sick of by the end of the year. That's going to be like the dominating controversial thing. And the fact that <laughs> Embracer is like lapped NFTs. Like I forgot about NFTs, honestly. Like I was like, that was done by May, I feel like. The fact that Embrace now, like if we if we do, which might be a good idea for a KFGD episode, right? Like a KFGD like new like year in review of like the news where we do like if we have like a villain of the year category. Oh man, Embracer is like front runner with a bullet. It's so it's yeah, it's yeah. it's wild. Absolutely. Story number four: Platinum Games co-founder Hideki Kamiya reveals why he left the studio. This comes from Wesley LeBlanc, a Game Informer. 
More than two months after leaving Platinum Games, co-founder uh, and the wonderful 101 and Bayonetta director has revealed why he left the studio. In a new interview with IGN, Kamiya told the pu publication that he decided to leave because I felt that the direction the company was heading was in different was heading in was different from my beliefs as a developer. Without that element of trust, I couldn't continue working there, and so I left so that I could continue working what I consider to be the right way. I don't think of games as products, but rather as works of art. I want to put my artistry into games and deliver games that could only be made by Hideki Kamiya so that players can enjoy Hideki Kamiya games exactly as they are. I decided to leave the company and forge my own path to continue making games that reflect the developers who made them. Elsewhere in the interview, uh, he said that he's had many deep discussions with Platinum President uh, Atsushi Inaba about his potential departure, deciding to leave only after the two agreed. Inaba also had his own set of beliefs as the head of the company, Kamiya told IGN. Although his beliefs differed from my own, we talked it out thoroughly, so we were both satisfied with the conclusion we reached. I, I, Kamiya is dope as hell, man. Hell yeah. Like, this this all quote. just sounds like the right way to handle the situation. Yep. Companies have, or groups have different opinions on how to handle some stuff. Cool. Certain time to just do your own thing. And, you know, he's definitely well off enough to be able to make this decision yeah, and go obviously. make your fucking art bro yeah go do your goddamn thing I, I mean i love him saying i don't think of games as products but rather as, as works of art right and like that's always the, the conflict we have i think talking about video games especially in the kpd context where it is all right man last of us multiplayer got canceled i was really looking forward to it but you look at the business of it and you kind of understand how we got here right and you look at the art of it and go was this going to be good was this going to be not and like the art aspect of video games the product aspect of video games the design like game design aspect of video games and like in the technology aspect of video games always feels like it's having to conflict but also at times like i think it's best when it gets to work together to create something that can be special but that is always that always has to be a perfect storm right for like a thing to hit and for it to be good art good product good technology right and good game um and that's such a difficult thing to do but i do think that when you're making something that is out of passion when you're making something because you love it you want to look at it as art right you want to look at it as hey no i am putting my heart and and my passion into this thing because i want it to be good fuck the business like fuck the product like you know the i'll leave that to the big publishers i am making something that i want to make i think that's a beautiful way to frame it um but also makes me like i i, I don't think he's putting out any like explicit shade on uh platinum but i feel like there's a little shade there when he's saying that he doesn't want to look at games as product that's ba that's mainly him saying that platinum looks as games as products yeah but that's also I, I mean look he's in a very privileged position that he gets to talk this shit yeah and it's like yeah very earned like you can earn that privilege and he did so mm -hmm. i get it it's like again to me this re this reads very respectful like yes there is some shade but it's shade that he's already kind of self-owning where it's like hey we have different opinions on this like mm -hmm. they they're a business focusing on this as a business which guess what that's the only way games get made because yeah. games are expensive but I, I also <laughs> think though like when you look at it in the context of who platinum is currently like they put out Babylon's Fall. They put out um uh fuck. What have, what have been some of the latest platinum games? I feel like they've not been on the greatest run as of as of now. It's been but a while since I've been hyped for a platinum game. That's the problem. I, I, feel I like, guess they had Bayonetta three, which that, is good. Yeah, that's the thing is platinum. I feel platinum had a rise to gaining an identity, and I think it got so messed up so fast with all the license stuff of uh, being hit or miss quality that yeah. I don't know that platinum has a in twenty twenty three four a like definitive identity of. Oh yeah, they're, it's worth being excited about, or it's like, eh, like we they, they have yeah. a proven track record of failing. Like, I think it's kind of like more project by project of who's involved, what's it going to be, 
you yeah. know. To give Platinum a fair shake, so 2023, they put out Bayonetta Origins, Syriza, and The Lost Demon, which I know Michael Hyam loves. loved, yeah. Yeah. Bayonetta 3 was last year, which people loved. Babylon's Fall was also last year, which was the worst game of last year. And then you go back, and it is, okay, they made Wonder Wonderful 101 Remastered. They made Astral Chain, which I love Astral Chain, right? And, like, yeah. it's not it's not been a... Uh, I, it's not been a series of duds, so I'm I, I'm going to take that back. But I, what I will say is, do I do remember reading the articles about them talking about how they want to do more like games as service? Don't type do that, stuff. To me, Barrett. What's that? Uh, I'm so I mean, like I showed <laughs> Star Fox Zero. Uh, Transformers was like no, nah. no. Transformers, no, Transformers was, was good. awesome. It was fine. Devastation? It's an eight. It's an eight out of ten. Uh, right. You fucking fight Megatron in space, dude. Yeah, people love that game. That shit ripped, man. They also they made Star Legend Fox of Guard, Cora. apparently. Yeah, that was bad. And Star that Fox Zero. So bad. I guess that was Nicole developed with Nintendo EPD. But I say all, the, all I say all this. Um, there were reports about like, and I forget if this is actually them coming on say. I, I can Google this as we go. But Platinum was talking about how they want to do more online games and service stuff, which leads us to things like Babylon's Fall. And so I don't know if Hideki Kamiya is like reading the tea leaves and going, "Ooh, I see where this is going, and I'm getting out of here and doing my own thing." Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is, but. Um, either way, like good on him for being like, yo, creative differences. I'm out of here. I'm gonna do my own thing because I want to make my art. He's Don't one of them art. ones. He's one of the only ones, one of the very, very few in the industry that can just do that shit. Yeah. Go for it. Let's go, baby. Uh, story number five, the game awards breaks viewership records with 118 million live streams. This comes from Tom Ivan at BGC. Uh, the game awards 2023 broke the events viewership record with an estimated 118 million live streams. Uh, that's according to Jeff Keeley, who said viewership for uh, last Thursday's show was, was up 15% to 2022's awards. Uh, the event, we already know where it took place. We watched it. Over the last few years, the event appears to have established itself as the most watched awards show in the world. Uh, major film and TV award shows like the Oscars and Emmys have traditionally been big business for broadcast TV networks, but their audiences have fallen in recent years, partly due to the advent of streaming. The most watched Oscars broadcast of all time, which saw Titanic winning Best Picture in 1998, attracted 57 million viewers according to entertainment weekly a paltry 57 million viewers bless god compared to 118 god a lot of this goes to show the uniqueness of video games of mm -hmm. them being similar to movies similar to tv similar to a lot of different industries but there it is different and there's an inherent inherently online nature to them that mm. allows the game awards to flaunt these like absolutely wild numbers in comparison to things the value is a little bit different but as we see the value shift where what is the difference between tv and streaming these days it's becoming less and less clear as the days and hours go by mm -hmm. uh but you look at things like the some of the award shows are some of the very few holdouts of network content that isn't actually streaming mm -hmm. and it's like y'all are fucking up with that like the shows are not good to begin with. Sure, <laughs> and yeah. then you're making them even harder to just be enjoyed by the masses. Like major misses that I, I we've already seen some uh, kind of start to shift and change on. But I imagine in the coming years, you're going to be able to watch the Grammys, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, like all of that stuff on Peacock or Paramount Plus or Hulu or whatever those things are. Mm -hmm. We've already seen Disney Plus even start doing that uh, with some of their programs. Like Dancing with the Stars is now live on Disney Plus in addition to ABC. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of shifts for that. But Gaming's ahead. Gaming's been doing this, laying the, the groundwork for these record-breaking numbers. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Bless. What's that? Next year, going to break these records. Which is wild, right? And, like, I, my, the thing that I take away, right, over the last few years, and this is what you're talking about, right, the event appears to have established itself as the most watched award show in the world. 
I, I look at that and it levels up my expectations for what the game awards are, right? Like I, we, it's been a long conversation, even though it's only been a week of this last game awards and like people being dissatisfied, people wanting one thing, people wanting another thing. Right. And like, for me, I, in a lot of those discussions, right? Like I think in the back of my head, I do have the thing that's like, ah, uh, but it's the, it's not the Oscars though. The, uh, everybody knows the, oh, it's not the great, everybody knows the great. The fact that we're, we're talking about it as being the most watched thing in the world. And we're talking about it, having such a success and having so many eyes on it. I think for me, we got to put it in that space, right? Of like, hey, yeah, like if this is the if this is the most watched award show in the world, we should have expectations that are putting it as that, right? Like, cool. Like, let's what are what are the critiques? What are the people? What are the problems that people have with it, right? What are how what are the ways in which we are treating the awards part of the awards ceremony, and how do we elevate that to be not just the biggest but the best award show in the world? And so, like, you know, I'm I look at that and I go, I'm going to hold Jeff and the team to that standard. Um, but also congratulations because that's a pretty sick that's a pretty sick stat uh and yeah like i think you're right about how i guess future or i guess yeah future looking how like you know forward the game awards is in terms of or ahead game awards is in terms of yeah having the streaming side of it unlocked we're going to be on youtube we're going to be on twitch we're going to be places that are accessible so anybody and everybody can watch it uh good on you good job with that yeah absolutely wild I, I also do have the update for like the live service thing for um platinum or um uh, the article that I was referencing, right? So I'm pulling from Victoria Kennedy at Eurogamer. This is from 2022. This is October 2022. So about a year ago, uh, she put up an article saying that live service games is still a focus for Platinum Games despite Babylon's fall, uh, Fall's poor reception. Uh, she talks about how earlier this year, uh, Platinum Games made the decision to cease all updates to beleaguered uh, live service game Babylon's Fall. Uh, went on to talk about how it got canceled, all that stuff. And then she says, however, despite the fall of Babylon's Fall... <laughs> The developer is not taking its eye off any future live service games. In an interview with VGC, Platinum Games boss Atsushi Inaba said the team has learned from this experience with Babylon's Fall and it had not changed its future plans or outlook because of it. Inaba continued, live service games are definitely something we do, uh, we do want to do and put our effort in moving forward. There are two pillars, so to speak, uh, that we can look at internally for our development teams, that being people within the same company. And he goes on, but uh, that's just to double down on the point I made earlier about yeah, that's a, that's their that's the direction, and we're gonna see how that direction goes. Hopefully, yep. no more Babylon's Falls. Yeah, hopefully, no Babylon's Falls. Uh, no Star Fox Zeros, please. Uh, story number six: Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree release window might have been leaked through a controller collaboration. Uh, this comes from Hiren Cryer at Games Radar. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the Elden Ring DLC release window might have been leaked uh, earlier today on December fifteenth. Reset era folk noticed that controller manufacturer Thrustmaster. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, had a new page up for a collaboration with Elden Ring. Having been deleted at the time of writing, slides for the collaboration mentioned that the new controller aims to be released in February 2024 to sync with the new Shadow of the Erd Tree expansion release. Whoa. However, this timeline doesn't entirely align with From Software's recent comments. Earlier this month, an Elden Ring producer said the Shadow of the Erd Tree expansion was still a little way off from releasing, but that it was progressing well in development. A little way off from releasing would seem to put the ex expansion as releasing further out than two months. Uh, the Thrustmaster page, I just can't. I just Wait, can't. What's, what's wrong with Thrustmaster? I just can't. Dude. It's a controller company. I'm, I'm aware. Thrustmaster. I'm aware, man. The I'm master. Not, of bring thrust. back the Mad Cat. You know what I'm talking about? The uh, Mad Cats uh, have nothing on Thrustmaster. <laughs> Thrustmaster page also mentions two additional controllers themed around Melania and Ronnie. Ronnie, remember Ronnie? Oh, yeah. Andy's, Andy's stoked for Ronnie uh, from Elden Ring. These two controllers aren't meant to be released until 2025, but they're being designed to launch alongside either a major key beat for Elden Ring or a new game expansion. 
There's been no indication that From Software's plans to release another expansion after Shadow of the Erd Tree. So this is very, this is another speculation station joint. Mm -hmm. Barrett, play the. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is fascinating, right? The controller collaboration, them having this thing in February, but then also having another thing for next year. I've I've seen some speculation online that, oh, what if it is they're gonna drop Shadow of the Erd Tree in February and then they have a second DLC plan for 2025? I think that'd be insane. It'd be really cool. Um, but it's all like there's not enough info info to really be able to make uh those leaps. I. February feels like it's too soon. Not a chance. Yeah. Like, I, chance. I feel like if it was February, they would have said, I, it would have been a Game Awards announcement. So, yeah, th absolutely. Yeah. Like, that, that, that is for sure. I will say, though, that there's been a kind of impressive, both God of War and um, Final Fantasy 16, the way that they announced and rolled out their DLC, kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, it's as close to Shadow Drop as you can get, right? I mean, God of War Valhalla, uh, that's a shadow drop right yeah i like, mean that was the week after final fantasy was definitely a shadow drop right wasn't it at the same time they announced it at, at pax east i want to say well yeah that it, that it was true. that they were working on it yeah but yeah. then it was like i didn't expect to like i expected an announcement to more like a trailer or something mm. for next year i did yeah. not expect to be like it's out tonight you yeah. know um so I, I know elden ring is is different uh and i know from was working on uh, armored core as well so like there's a lot going on there but I don't think it's going to be February, but I do think the industry has shown a trend of like, there's a lot that we don't know. The motherfuckers could just drop some shit. I my, I hope it's not February just for the fact that February is already stacked. And if Shadow of the Earth Tree drops in February, you know how much this is going to fuck up my like free time? <laughs> like, you're telling me I got to play this and Final Fantasy and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice. You're I ain't got time for that. that. But you're going to play Persona 3. Skull and Bones. I ain't going to play Persona 3. Is Skull and Bones in February? It. Andy's no, birthday. gonna fucking touch. Well, it's Andy's birthday. He's got to play it for uh, legal. And reasons. I'm, I'm and like, I'm still gonna be playing Tekken Eight. That comes out end of January. Fuck, really? Yeah. And that new Yakuza game looks cool. Black and Dragon. Mm -hmm. You're gonna put five hours into it. Bless I will. Me. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, Hawaii is cool. You're just and like I'm me. Down. We, like we put in five hours. Like, yeah, damn, this is a really good game. And then we get distracted by everything else. <sighs> will Blessing put more than five hours into Black and Dragon Infinite Wealth? We'll have to wait and see. But if I want to know what's coming to Mama Shops today, where would I look? You would look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Do, 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 yeah. There's also Hell Divers in February. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be diving into Hell with uh, Thrustmaster. <laughs> fucking Thrustmaster. You know that? You know Thrustmaster's definitely going to Hell. <laughs> They're not making it into heaven. <laughs> oh, today we got Trinity Fusion on PC, PS4, 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Uh, Asgard's Wrath 2 on MetaQuest that we're about to do a sponsored stream right after this with Greg and Mike uh, diving in. 10 out of 10 from IGN. Wild. Wild. Uh, like a Dragon, Gaiden, uh, the man who erased his name. English dub is out now. Uh, new dates for you. Honkai Star Rail version 1.6, Crown of the Mundane and Divine. <laughs> so many fucking words yeah here we got mike prepping for the stream i came into the office this morning and yeah i saw mike was already parked in, in the parking lot and i was like oh that's peculiar because usually i'm the first one here and then i walked to go get coffee and as i hear as i'm like getting my coffee I, all i hear is oh, oh let's go and i'm like what the fuck is and i look and I, it's mike just yeah in vr just living his best life and I'm like, you're alone in here making these sound effects, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing this for? <laughs> God bless him. Uh, Choo Choo Charles is coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, and 5. Choo Choo December Charles is one of Mike's friends. 
Yeah. 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 It was a joke I made before. Uh, yeah, it's good though. It's really Thank good. Uh, Corpo Nation, the sorting process, uh, launches on February 22nd on PC. Rocket Arena servers shut down on March 21st, 2024. RIP. RIP. Deals of the day for you. The Yu Yu Hakusho 30th anniversary box set Blu-ray, 62 bucks on Amazon. Uh, the new the Netflix show is also out. Um, I watched the first episode last night. And? Listen. <laughs> it, it, it gives me um, like YouTube fan creation vibes, but... The choreography of the action, pretty good. I saw a tweet going around that was like, yo, for live action choreo on this, like, the what? choreography. And I, was, I was like, skip through them, like, they're popping off on the choreography. Impressive. Like, yeah. the, the special effects are bad, but like, if you just look past it, because like in my head, I'm like, okay, uh, if I look at this as a YouTube fan video, the special effects mixed with the choreography, pretty fun. Pretty fun watch. Um, I, I'll, I'm going to hold my judgment until I get further into the thing to like talk about like the story and stuff because they're definitely rushing through certain elements of the story. Understandably, because the anime takes its time, right? Like, and there are certain things where I'm like, if you want to get to a certain point by the end of the season, you have to rush. Uh, and so I'm not too mad at that stuff. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I like the Kuwabara character. He's fucking awesome. Like, it, 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 it's also wild. Like, we'll talk about the post show. I don't want to. I don't want to extend this too much. I love it. Uh, let's go to your wrong. See what we got wrong today. Um, see here. Uh, okay, so Squiddy Witty says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Embracer's laid off 964 people this year, but this doesn't take into account today's story. It's estimated that over 9,000 people have been laid off in the games industry this year. So yeah, uh, I imagine that after all said and done, it will be over 1,000 with Embracer, with Embracer. alone. So. Embracer being one-ninth of yeah. the layoffs this year is crazy. Unbelievable. Um, next week's host, we got Blessing Me on Monday, Greg and Bless on Tuesday, Blessing Me on Wednesday, Blessing Andy on Thursday, then me and Greg closing out the week for the final week of kind of funny content for the year. Wow. Um, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday, we get together to talk about the latest in video game news. Uh, you can watch live on Twitch, you can watch live on YouTube, you can watch later on YouTube or Rooster Teeth or podcast services around the globe. Uh, we're about to do our fun super chat, hype chat post show. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. But yeah, you Hawk Show so far, entertaining watch. Mm -hmm. um, again, holding out my judgment for the, the, but like, it's very fascinating seeing a live action show go, how do we adapt anime? And like all the over the topness of anime and just go, we'll just try to emulate the over the topness instead of just being a live action thing. Um, and to like, to some extent, I'm like, all right, do you, and to, to another extent, I'm like, I respect how hard they're trying to go with this thing because yeah, like they got the demons, they got people turning into like weird fucking like, you know, creatures and shit. And like the thing about you Hawk show is that people are getting their ass beat in that car, in that anime. Right. And it's not, it's not like Dragon Ball Z. It's not like all these other fighting anime where it is, oh, we're super-powered beings and, like, you know, the, uh, Goku and Frieza are, like, fighting, punching each other really fast. It's not that. In Yu Hakusho, it's street fights. Like, people are getting their, like, somebody's getting their face punched and, like, you see the boo-boo pop up and, like, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> they got, or, like, somebody's getting kicked across the screen. Like, people are getting their asses beat. Like, the boo-boo Hakusho pop up. The boo-boo Hakusho. People are fighting in Yu Hakusho. The boo-boo pop up and is the funniest the thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> fucking four-year-old. <laughs> what else do you call it? Okay, I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I want to be a basic <laughs> But, like, did my man say boo-boos is the guy's <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, and go drink some chalky milk. I asked for a blank. I asked for a blankie the other day. And my friends just looked at me like, "What the fuck is wrong?" I'm like, "What? I can't get a blankie." The other day, you do it all the time, and we always give you shit. You're just like, "Let me get a blankie." Why can't a man just get a blankie? Why can't a man just get a blankie? G always gets mad at me because I always say I need to go pee pee, and she's like, "You need to stop fucking saying that." I've reverted to saying potty because that's the word we use for Lulu. So I say it all the fucking time now. That's weird. Even without Lulu, I'm like, God damn. An adult saying they're going potty is weird. But a man, can a man get a blankie? Can a man get a blankie? That's why is most baby out of Let a man, Let a man get a blankie. Welcome to your primetime Super Chad post show. Well, I'm going to read all of your comments and concerns through Super Chat form. Through resubscriptions, use those primes if you got them. Again, it's let's see what date. What's the date today? Uh, it's December fifteenth. December fifteenth. You probably don't have family in town yet, right, yeah. but when they do get here, get their Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. send them in. over, log them in, figure out their password. You probably have to change your password three times. Now's the time to change your password because they're not going to remember it anyway. So get that prime time going and hand it over to us. We'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. We got. Uh, $10 super chat from Macho says, uh, I hope and pray they take what's finished with The Last of Us Online and just put a slim version out with one of the games, please. We badly need an Oprah multiplayer zombie survival shooty. Shooter. Shooty. A little shooty. A little shooty. <laughs> oh, man. I'm with that person. A shoot- <laughs> let's, let's call her shooty. In a shooty game game. <laughs> uh, on my PlayStation uh, on the PS5, um... I don't, that will not happen. It will not Mark happen. Though. What I want is a co-op feature for the no return mode. I uh, think that'd be that's so such a, That was such a no-brainer. That, yeah. Was, yeah. that was one of my biggest like surprises. I was not, I was pretty surprised that it didn't come with a two-player mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what a weird situation, you know. Did y'all uh, talk about it today? Sure you did. did. Oh, yeah, we did. It's cool. A little bit. I wasn't listening. My bad. Okay. Doing some stuff. <laughs> Mike, yesterday, Mike came on the post show and he asked a question about one of the things. And like, he was like, So, what do you think about uh, whatever? It was like, whatever the number one news story was. What do you think about that? And I'm like, Bro, we talked about it for the first 30 minutes of the show. <laughs> That's weird because he usually is listening when he does the things. But yesterday, he was like, Am I on the post show? I was like, Yeah, it's on the calendar. <laughs> uh, Street Chatter, thank you for a $20 super chat. Appreciate you, Street Chatter. Um, I think the idea of this being mandated live service goes both ways. I bet not at all want to do a multiplayer game. Sony sees we can make this huge. This happens all the time uh, in dev and tech. It was just too much in the public. Yeah, I could see yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Again, I think Naughty Dog is unique in the sense that they've done this before and it's worked like they have a multiplayer game that people liked, you know? So, yes, clearly there were people at Naughty Dog that enjoyed making something that was good. So I don't think that it's entirely like no one there wanted to do it. Yeah, but. Like it's definitely not an out of nowhere type thing. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I, I, if I had a guess, right, I imagine that Naughty Dog was like, oh, yeah, like we want to do something with the multiplayer mode and play in PlayStation's probably like, oh, well, if you want to do let's something with it, like, let's blow this up, right? Like, let's do something big with it. And then the scope just being too big and like th- them not having the understanding at the get go of how much it would demand from them as a studio, which surprises me a little bit because I feel like you would know from the get-go, unless it is a feature creep situation where it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, which maybe is what happens. That's what I assume, but I also just reject the notion that, you know, we saw two paths, and we had to go down the route where 
Jesus is his footprints are in the ground next to us. It was only it was always him walking with us, mm -hmm. Tim. Like we got to go with the single player thing. That's the poem, right? Yeah, Robert Frost. Um, Matthew, we got to go with what two. we know, single player, right? Like we didn't want to become. A, it's like y'all. There's a lot of resources out there that could have made that happen. Like I don't. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what the statement was in the you know given out um, to the press, but I don't think that that was necessarily i think that's just like i kind of cool agree with that yeah. i think that's like something i think you it's say. a way to like frame it to where people can't get mad at it and and our more understanding of like well it makes sense like yeah it's either we get this multiplayer game for the rest of our lives from one of the best single player game uh game developers of all time or we don't get all of their big franchises it's like i don't think it was an either or thing i think that's just something you say i don't yeah. know man i i think it is because i i think that like just looking at the reality of what this would have turned into i don't think it's so much a direct I think it's them using foresight a bit of if the game wasn't working, the multiplayer game, at some point they would have had to get the teams working on the single player stuff more and more to help try to solve the problem. And then it would just become like buckets of water for sure. sinking ship. But my only, the, the, the only way that I push against that is we look at the way Activision takes so many of their studios and puts them on Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. Like if they wanted to make this work, there are a lot of other studios and there could have been more hirings outside of Naughty Dog, the way that um, certain affinity helps out with 343 on Halo sure. multiplayer. Like there's a lot of things that could have been done. It didn't, I think it just either straight up just wasn't working and wasn't worth the time. And I don't think that it would have messed up the release of Uncharted 5 or Last of Us but 3 see, or whatever. I think the difference is, and we, we talked about this a little bit, like you can't fuck up Last of Us. Last of Us is the biggest thing that PlayStation has going for them. And it's one of the biggest things in gaming and beyond potentially. And they haven't had a Halo 5. You know what I mean? Like they haven't had a moment that like set them off this path of like a Halo 5 and then a Master Chief collection and then an Infinite. And it's like, I think that this is them trying to not get there. And like, it's smart call. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I just feel like like you need to kind of like look down the path to being like, this could end up really bad. Like, you, it's not just any franchise that they have that they're given to other teams. Like, like, oh, we'll just bring them on to to make this multiplayer. It's fucking Last of Us, and I feel like the Last of Us, what that means, has changed so much since factions came out originally compared to now. I mean, Avatar's still putting out that shooter, though. You know, the one that Blessing talked about at that. At that uh... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's up with that game? What uh, is up with that game? Yeah, what is up with that game? Man. Who knows? I get, I get bummed out because, like, one of the games that I got the, the pleasure to announce was, like, a Marvel Pokemon Go type game. You remember that? Like, Marvel oh. Go. And, like, that got canceled. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, I was like, I was looking forward to that thing. Like, I, was, I was looking for images for the Game of the Year graphics. And Avatar game graphics, I that, that one... Came up yeah. in the search and I was like, oh my God, I remember this four player, <laughs> 4v4 tactical shooter. Yeah. There's a bunch of big That's blue so navvies <laughs> with uh, with big guns. Like, how, how do those guns look like compared to normal people? I always wonder too. By the way, Andy. What's up? I played Avatar on my PC. Oh, yeah. No super ultra wide. Holy fucking yeah, God dog. Damn, it looks so good. Yeah, man. Incredible. Oh, very, very impressive. Everything stuff. announced at the Disney. I forgot what I talked about. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> While you look that over, I'll read more stuff like Reem Pump, who uh, resubscribed for 32 months total. Street Shadow also gave another $20 super chat before the $5 one. Wait, gave, holy shit, there's a, like a, many. There, there are many. Gave a $20 one and then gave another $20 one and a $5 one. Jeez Louise, Street Shadow says, thinking about GTA 6, I feel like PS5 Pro might make it the optimal system to play, uh, to play any on, to play on. If we believe the rumors that Xbox won't do a pro system. 
Do we believe that Xbox won't do a pro system? No, they're putting out another system. There's enough. There was a whole leak. Yeah, it was, like, it was in the court documents. It's it's spherical. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It's spherical. It's, it's spherical. It, or it's like a cylinder. It's a cylinder. Sorry, it's been a while since I was in elementary school. I forgot the shapes. And the twenty dollar another the twenty dollar super chat from Street Shadow says I'm seeing a lot of discourse around that they should they should have just released the multiplayer not as a live service. But do we have any successful and sustainable examples of that today? Define sustainable, but that's like, yeah, that's, that's the point. It's like I don't, I don't. My argument is that I don't want it to be sustainable. <laughs> like I want it to just come out as like a one and done thing. And but the problem with that though, and, and I know I'm just adding the business to this, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Uh, let's not even apply games as a service business. Let's just mm -hmm. apply traditional multiplayer business. What do you charge for it? Like the mm -hmm. world, it's different than it used to be. Where factions wasn't an additional game. Factions was just a was mode, mode yeah. with, within it. I just don't think that's tenable these days. Like, and it's so easy to see the fucking Dexerto headlines only 38 concurrent players on last of us wow i went down here last of us watch like yeah, you yeah, can yeah. already see the like but i get what but you also, mean like, I, well, I get what you mean the, the example i keep giving is ghost of Tsushima legends and i know i understand that i was like that was sucker punch in their bag being like yo we've just been working on this thing and we had a passion for it and we made it happen right and like I, that was a multiplayer mode that was one and done it was not a game as a service the other one i'll point to is a game like uh, this is a full game right but outriders where Outriders was not a games as a service that came out and was one and done, and they had like I think a, an expansion or two, but it very much was we're not making a five year, we're not making a even a three year plan for this game. This game is gonna live for when it comes out and when the expansions come out, and then it's done. I get that like much I, more story based though, right? Like sure, that was like a a leaner version of Destiny, and I think they worded it perfectly to not build expectations that this game has to survive in order for us to feel better about that game like yeah wow it's still going wow people are still hopping on like that's so much of the conversation with games that are multiplayers or, or like multiplayer games it has to be that they have like this lively fan base that's constantly logging on for the next daily yeah. or the next whatever and i don't but i don't think and I, I understand the thing of like the headlines of oh but look at all the concurrent players that dropped in like the last list i also just don't think that stat matters like I think people make a hubbub about it on Twitter, but people make a hubbub about everything on Twitter, right? People made a hubbub about Last of Us Two on Twitter, um, and so like I think, and I the thing, the, and the thing to Tim's point, right? I don't know if it has like a big business like perk to it. Last of Us Two came out with no multiplayer and it got ten out of tens, right? Got Game of the Years and stuff. I don't think Last of Us Two needed multiplayer. I just don't think it needed this multiplayer either, right? Like I think if it if you were gonna do, uh, go down this route of making a multiplayer thing. If you really wanted to do this, and just made it, you, I think you should have just made it a mode as opposed to like trying to expand it out to this bigger thing. Because if this lost them more money than a mode would have, and so that's kind of where I just come down on it. Here we go, um, James Collier, five dollars super chat. Besides, um, people keeping their jobs and livelihoods, what would have happened if that Saudi Embracer deal went through? I mean, we'll never know, but I, I also don't think it'd be that drastically different than where we're at. I feel like where we're at right now is, like, I don't think that that money coming in or out would have changed the decisions being made, like, by the groups. Like, I think that they're... Yeah, I think they would have kept making the same kind of deals, mm -hmm. and I think eventually one of those deals would have fallen through the way the Saudi Arabia deal fell through. Like, if it, it didn't happen this last year, it would have happened in the next few years. Yeah. Thank you to Flary with half a year of support. Uh, I'm I'm assuming this is like shoot br, but it's spelled ch, uh, c h u t e. So I want to say shoot <laughs> shoot br. 
14 months using Prime. Whale Home, four months with Prime. Says, did you guys report the rumor of the Elden Ring? Yeah, we sure did. Sure did. I think you may have tweeted that or sent that in like minutes before they talked about the Elden Ring DLC. Uh, Drago, 31 months, tier one subscription. Snownim, three years of support here. Kind of funny. Thank you, Snownim. Uh, this Disney and Marvel showcase was a banger. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you different. <laughs> we got a first-time <laughs> subscriber from Black Knight. First time ever using your Prime on us. Thank you so much. Welcome in. Sergiotron, 42 months with using your Tier 1. F-Tail, 23 months of Prime Gaming. Rocker, I wonder if it's John Rocker. I hope not. 37 <laughs> months of Prime Gaming. It says, new month, new Prime. Hope everyone has a good holiday. You as well. Thank you so much, Rocker. Captain Mark, 71 months, says, Tim, you ever use that Pokey Gene app? I swear this app is far too powerful for hosting and joining raids. No, I, I haven't got into that yet. I, I need to look into it and have someone explain it to me, but I haven't yet. <laughs> have someone explain it to <laughs> it's me. It's fucking complicated, <laughs> man. Uh, Send Nuggies, two years of Prime Gaming, says no notes. Thank you, Send Nuggies, for your two years of using Prime on us. Oh, we got Magna Insomnia doing some sort of super chat of a currency that I do not recognize a symbol for, but I also think it's Streamlabs kind of not knowing either because it just kind of looks like a color. Bless, any interest in Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising? It just came out, and it's the latest Arxis fighting game. It plays great and very pretty. Uh, I have it downloaded on my PS5. I've only booted it up once so far. Um, I never, I didn't play the previous Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Um, I... I want to I want to check it out, but I think for me, I'm so excited about Tekken Eight that it's hard for me to like invest myself into a different fighting game right now, especially one that's like a 2D fighter. Because on the 2D fighter fighter side, I'm still playing Street Fighter Six. Like I'm I still periodically hop into that game and hop into ranked. And so being this close to Tekken Eight, which I know is going to take up all my time, is really hard for me to justify trying to get into Grand Blue. Um, even though I think it looks cool, and even though like. I like what what they're doing with some of those modes. Like from the trailers, it looks pretty cool. Um, there's that, but then also there's just a lot of games to play. And so when I go when I sit down on my PS5, like the first thing I'm booting up right now is God of War, uh, Ragnarok, Valhalla. But then also we I have just finally cleared the first boss. Oh, I'm yeah. so bad at that game. I, God of War, really? Are you you're playing on one of the higher difficulties? No, the middle one, like whatever the mm. show me courage or whatever. Okay. Like I I. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm so bad at it, bro. Like, <laughs> it's embarrassing. No, for real. No, like, you're not wrong in saying that. I've been very embarrassed by, like, after we watched Wonka, I got home and I was like, I need my revenge. Yeah. I, record, <laughs> I recorded another video. I was like, I got I, I, got to do this. And I was really blown away by what happens afterwards. Oh, dude, it's, it's sick as hell. Freaking nuts. Um, one final. Well, re real quick, oh, I want to I want to just uh, go quick because we have to get to the the next thing. But uh, a couple super chats here. We got CJ splits on saying, "I just don't see anyone else investing large budgets into multiplayer outside of Call of Duty. It makes the Activision purchase that much more huge in retrospect." I mean, yeah, and mm -hmm. I like again, that's where the money is, and like the money has to be made, or else you can't be putting out the projects. Um, Shaysly says, "Do you agree Sony needs more continuous money generators to pay for higher cost single player games? One flop can spell doom for a studio these days." Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's like that's the entire plan that they're trying to put out there with the games as a service stuff. We'll see if it works out. Not sounding good so far. Yeah, I mean, to do they need a continuous money generator to like? Or I don't think we're in a place where if Sony Santa Monica put out one dud, then they're done, right? Because like what uh ben put out <laughs> put out days gone and like 
I know that I don't want to call it a dud, right? But like that wasn't a critical success on a God of War or Last of Us, right? It wasn't on the on a Horizon or a Ghost of Tsushima. And Ben's still kicking around, right? They're still working on the next uh, new IP type game. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, the call it Media Molecule is still around doing their thing, right? And like Dreams, I Dreams was a critical critical success, not a commercial one. Um, but like they're still around doing their thing, right? Like I think PlayStation is a, if you want to talk about continuous income, PlayStation makes continuous income because they're a, they're a console manufacturer. They're making money off of every sale that's happening on, on any software on that store. Um, and so that is their continuous income that I would say is probably going to some extent into these studios that are making these big first party games. And so they have that. I think, yeah, like if they have a big multiplayer thing, online games of service that is making money hand over fist. Yeah, like I think that will also go to the the the, um, the big games and like make that make that stuff run. Um, but yeah, I wonder. I'd love to be a fly on the wall to like understand where the where they're at with the games and service conversation in terms of how they're trying to justify like the money they make from that into feeding the overall PlayStation ecosystem. Like, why? What is the reasoning? Where's the money going? Like, how is that affecting things? Totally. <clears throat> Norman V writes in and says, "With the rumors of the PS5 Pro launching next year, I have two questions: How much does it cost, and does it have a disc drive?" I think it costs the same that the PS5 costs now. I think the PS5 will go down a little bit, yeah. and I. I think it'll be like the the new version of PS5 is where there's a disc version and a not disc version. Oh yeah, the removable disc drive. Or yeah. I mean, maybe actually for the Pro, I imagine maybe you just won't have a disc, and then you have to just buy the disc thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's how you get the price down on it a little bit because yeah, if you're wanted to make it the same price as a current, let's say a disc PS5, like let's say it comes out at five hundred dollars, but it's digital only. But you can buy a hard drive if you want to. That's how they. I think that's how they equal things out. Yep. And then Jose writes in and says, Hey, Blessing Tim, no question. Just want to thank you for another amazing year. You guys are a highlight and part of my daily routine and work. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you. Thanks for thank you. Thank, thank you, Jose. You. you didn't mention my name, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, Mike and Greg will get back to more Super Chats during yeah, the next yeah. segment. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, so to everybody who wrote in, um, please don't feel bad. They'll get right to them. But after this, they're playing Asgard's Wrath. Wrath. Nope. Yes. Asgard's Wrath 2. Asgard's Wrath 2. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, baby. Very, very cool. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you later, gamers.